to the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. It's not just for contracting officers. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. Our mission is to make government contracting better one contract at a time. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition Solutions. Skyway helps you know more, do more, and win more in the government market. To learn more, visit skywayacquisition.com. Today's topic is about one of the cornerstones of the podcast, the value of communication and understanding how the other side thinks. Let's get started. What is context? Is $3 a gallon a good price for gas? Poof, just like that, you get context. Because in 2016, it's not a good price. But in 2008, when I drove my family up to Ohio to see my in-laws, when I paid four twenty-one a gallon, it was a good price. So context is really it's the, the, the official definitions, the circumstances that surround an event, situation, or statement that influences its meaning. In other words, it's the meaning. So is three bucks a gallon a good price? Well, it depends, right? So it's really the whole reason that there is a contracting officer podcast. It's... It's the context. It's helping each side understand the context of the other side, helping bridge that gap and providing that context. That's why we started talking about this kind of stuff in the first place, right? So before we go any farther with that, let's give a little thanks to people that have helped us spread the word. This time it's an iTunes review. iTunes review. Imagine that. This is by CS Newbie, which I'm guessing could stand for Contracting Specialist Newbie. But it's a five-star review, and it says, I'm excited about this podcast. I've only been in the contracting field for a little over a year, and it's quite the monster! (laughs) Exclamation point. Looking forward to picking up a few bits of learning. This will be my commute go-to podcast. That's awesome. That feels great. That that motivates us to keep on going. So let me throw out a shameless trade. If you write us a review on iTunes, I'll send you a free copy of my book. Hey, good deal. So just go on to iTunes, give us a Five-star review, preferred, if you think we deserve it. And then uh, put your info in there, send a screenshot of it, and I'll send you a free copy of my book. Yeah, no, no books for two-star reviews. <laughs> okay, we'll make, it a, we'll make that a uh, sub-factor in the discussion. <laughs> so we're talking about context today. What does context mean in government contracts? If I say purpose, time, and amount anywhere else, I don't know what it means. But in the government contracts world, what do you think of when you hear purpose, time, and amount? What pops in my head is the bona fide need rule which is a concept of in federal funding, what is the bona fide need? What's the purpose, time, and amount? So we had a podcast where we talked about the colors of money. That's really what the context of colors of money. To contractors, it's all green. There's no years of money. There's no different types. But purpose, time, and amount is how the federal government tracks the individual elements of funding. And if you're on the industry side and you don't understand the context, if you don't understand what a certain type of money is and what it means, you don't understand that you may not be able to use it after a certain date or you don't understand why the contract can't start before a certain date because they don't have money that's available before that date. So give me some other examples of context from the government side. So one of the phrases I, that I've probably said myself was, this is too expensive. So when a price comes in from a from a contractor or through, through a source selection and the Knee-jerk reaction is, well, it's too expensive. So to pay $100,000 a year for this skill or $200,000 or $500,000 a year for this person on a, on a service contract, it's, it's too expensive. Well, relative to what? And so, for example, in 2009, to hire somebody to do, I don't know, SharePoint management, 
probably costs $60,000 a year. And, and now that person probably costs more because the economy has taken off. That person could probably now work at Microsoft. They probably could work at a bunch of different IT companies. So relative to the time, it, it may be too expensive for back then, but maybe not now. So be careful when you say that. Is it, well, this seems really expensive. Relative to what? Yeah, it and, could be just too expensive relative to your budget. That doesn't mean it's too expensive. That means that your budget isn't big enough, maybe, right? <laughs> you know, that's funny. Yeah, a Lamborghini is is too expensive well, relative to my budget. It is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but somebody who has a bigger budget, it's not. It's a good point. And another example I like to use is the concept of we will always get competition. And again, I've, I'm raising my hand because I've said that before. I assumed that whatever RFP I put out, we were going to get proposals. And we would. But the competition is relative to what? Are we getting the Best, they're getting, let's say we get five proposals. Are we getting the five best companies to do this? Are we getting, are we getting the three, I don't know, Fiats or, or Chevys? Or are we getting just three guys with a tractor who happen to be able to do the work? So yes, you'll get competition. But are you getting the best companies? Or are you getting whoever just happened to find it on the right. And you don't know without the context. Right. And you get that context by communicating with industry and doing market research and a lot of the stuff we talk about. Right. It, from the industry side, context, it's it's the same thing. On the industry side, it's always, why does the source selection take so long? Well, without the context of all the things that the government folks go through to make that happen and all the complications that occur not unrelated to the acquisition process that could take the time, it does seem like a long time. But a long time compared to what? And, and I like to pick on like, you know, how long did it take Boeing to get the 787 off the ground? Or how long did it take, or I guess it's still taking for BlackBerry to get their operating system up and running and they're, they're kind of going out of business. So a large organization, things don't happen fast anyway. But on top of that, the stuff we talk about on the podcast, there's so many different steps. I mean, contracting officer could end up spending two weeks dealing with a FOIA that he's not going to put that. On the, on the FBO notice to say, hey, sorry, I spent the last two weeks dealing with a FOIA request, so we're behind schedule. But it happens. That's some context. The other thing from the industry side that just pops into my mind is industry always says, oh, the government folks, they don't understand what it really takes to do this job. They don't. Yeah, you're right. The government folks don't have any context, many times don't have any context into a manufacturing operation or what it takes to manufacture something. Or they don't understand what an it's like an interdivisional transfer is. So there's different divisions of a company, but they're all working together to do a do a job. Well, inside the company, there's some bureaucracy and paperwork that needs to be done to transfer those costs properly. The government folks may not understand how complex that can be. Yeah, and, and honestly, they're not getting this, – this sounds kind of tongue-in-cheek, but they're not getting much training on it because the DAU can't teach them that. Um, it's it's not, And I say that because I didn't – I didn't understand it nearly as well as a contracting officer as I do now. No, I didn't get any of that when I was on the government side. And like what it takes, what it takes to really get a proposal done, you know, a, even a small one, just to get the whole process, get all the people to communicate and make sure they all understand what has to happen. So yeah, you're right. They don't understand what it takes to get it done. You're right. They don't. (laughs) And so help them understand. Yeah. So without context, I guess what we're trying to say here, without context on either side, Acquisitions take longer, right? If you get 100 questions on your RFP, what does that mean? It could mean that maybe, just maybe, the potential offers don't have the context they need to really understand what you're trying to say in the RFP. Yeah, and it also could mean that people are guessing. 
a lot of on, on both sides. Con- acquisitions take longer because without context, people are thinking, well, what do you mean by light? So you want this to be lighter than last time. Okay, last time it weighed five pounds. So do you want it to be four pounds? Do you want it to be four pounds, eight ounces? See, they're, they're, they're guessing and that wastes a lot of time. And so both sides are doing that is that, that without context, you've kind of forced people to guess. And, and what happens when you guess is you <laughs> end up in the end, you could end up with protests because people didn't understand what you're trying to say. It wasn't clear in the paper in, well, it's probably not a paper RFP anymore, but it's not clear <laughs> in the RFP. In the written RFP. There yeah, you go. The written, that's good. They don't understand what's in the words, so they're guessing. And then that inconsistency leads to a protest where they say, ah, that's not what it said. I gave you what it said. Context matters. Yeah, and the way that I like to sum this up is that context enables better contracts. Yeah. Is you have better communication, you have better understanding, you're going you're gonna to start and finish with a better contract. So let's talk specifically about adding more context to the process. What, what can industry do to add more context to their, their communications with the government? My suggestion is be the prize. We talked about the idea of being the prize when you're targeting. So if you're the prize, it means you're focusing. And the more you focus, the more you're paying attention to that agency or that customer or their need or whatever. You're so, exactly what they need for exactly. that acquisition. And right? so, so the idea is and it, they want you to win or they want companies like you to win. You are the prize. You can solve their problem. Well, if you're focused on being the prize – you're going to be paying attention to them more. So you're going to get context. You're going to be reading the right articles. You're going to be going to the right events. You're going to understand the types of money they have, the types of contracts people they have, all that stuff. You're going to pick that up. And you're going to communicate more with them just by being so focused. We always talk about communicate, communicate, communicate. More communication helps on both sides. So if you're on the industry side and you're asking a question during the acquisition – Explain why you why you want the answer, why you need the answer. Give them the context for the question so that the government side isn't just like, oh my gosh, these guys are idiots. Why don't they understand my RFP? Well, tell them, here's my question and I need to know this answer so that I'm able to blah, blah, blah. And with that context, you'll actually get a better answer because they're not just thinking you're stupid or they're not completely misunderstanding They'll understand why this is important and probably give you a more detailed answer that gets to the point. So on the government side, what can the government do to provide more context? The suggestion I make there is to focus on fewer things per contract. And while this doesn't apply everywhere, the basic idea is that when you have a broad contract, we keep making contracts bigger and bigger and bigger, there is risk in that because you end up being a mile wide and an inch deep. And usually the context isn't an inch deep. It's not, it's not at the grass level. It's more below the soil. So the idea here is that try to make smaller contracts that get done faster. You've heard me talk about that a lot. And that will give people more context. And my personal favorite is use more pre-award communication. So I like what you're saying that it's, it's good to focus your contracts, try not to be so broad. I mean, sometimes that's just not possible. There's not enough people to do a a new contract for every single thing you want to buy. That's why you get these bundled kind of things. There's got to be a sweet spot somewhere because we obviously, we have lots of even recent examples, not just ancient history, but recent examples of, of contracts that maybe got a little too big and a little too broad and lost that context. Maybe they need more communication, but maybe no amount of communication would have gotten through the haze that that's just inherent in a giant contract like that. And another suggestion is the other side of the prize is that look for the prize. Look for the type of company that you're looking for to do this work and then speak to them. 
right? Speaking to, no, that sounds kind of silly, but I mean, the RFP should be written so that they can understand it. So they're getting context. And it's so that other people can understand that it's not for them. Yes. I, yeah, I don't mean, they, I don't mean pick one company. I'm saying that you want this to be a small business who understands engineering services for a small agency in austere environments that has a flowing amount of funding that comes and goes. Look for, so tell that story. So those kind of companies that go, oh yeah, that's what we do. They're going to show up. And the companies that don't do that go, oh wow, this one really isn't for us. We shouldn't waste our time here. Because they realize they don't have context yeah. <laughs> and they're never going to be able to get it. Because that's another, that's a really good point is that context also does a good job of telling people who can't win that they can't win. It, t- it shows them that, you know what, I, this context helped me understand that they're looking for something that weighs four pounds. What I make weighs five pounds. I can't be here. Without that context, they're like, oh, you want to be light? I think five pounds is light. I'm going to bid. And here we are. Yes, it, the, the answer is they can't possibly know what light is if they don't understand the context. Exactly. So the question you got to ask is what if they don't know blank and then fill in that blank so that they have the information so then they understand what light means. So the, the example here, if an RFP, if you're reading an RFP and it says – the backpack needs to be light, durable, and not bind or snag easily. Well, that statement means something different to everyone that can possibly offer a backpack to the government in their proposal. But if you let the user of that backpack give context, what if in this case that backpack is for a sniper that has to crawl through the mud or jump out of a plane you know, how is he going to use the backpack? Well, if have the sniper come to industry day and tell him the story of, yeah, that backpack needs to be light and durable and not snag on stuff because here's how I'm using it. Here's what I'm putting in it. And here's the environment I'm using it in. Well, suddenly you have so much context into why it needs to be what it is that you'll probably only get proposals filled with backpacks that actually can be used for that rather than every other kind of backpack that just happens to be light and durable <laughs> but would be horrible for a sniper because it's like bright orange or something <laughs> that's a good point yeah and then these are extreme examples but but the, the the concept is 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 crystal clear and and of course my addition to that is that what if you put that context on a podcast and instead of bringing that sniper to industry day you actually recorded him telling this story and but you know and you tell industry hey go listen to the podcast to get exactly. the context right but then you have the lawyers say, ah, you can't do that through a podcast for some reason or another. Or your boss says, ah, you can't use a podcast. We use paper here. Or the GAO will never support me in a protest if if the podcast goes wrong. Well, that's a great setup because I know for a fact that GAO has their own podcast. If you go to iTunes and you type in GAO, they have their own podcast. So this concept isn't that foreign. But Yeah, little props to GAO for yeah. being on the, the podcast movement, right? It, it actually says that these, this features interviews with GAO officials on significant issues and new reports, and this is the part I like. It is recorded, hosted, and produced by GAO staff. Yeah. So when your boss says, you can't possibly do that, I'm like, really? GAO's doing it, but okay. Yeah. I haven't actually listened to it, full disclosure. <laughs> I haven't either. It doesn't I sound really exciting it. to me, but yeah, I found it on iTunes. There's got to be an audience, right? Yeah, there's I your- think it's a great idea, and I can't wait till other government agencies get on that boat. Yeah. So let's summarize this. Context matters. Have we said that enough? Have we said <laughs> context matters? Yeah. Don't assume the government team or the other side, the industry team, knows the context of your story. And, and I'll, I'll let you use your Hanlon's razor prop here. Right. Don't, don't assume malice when ignorance is a easier explanation. I don't mean ignorance as in that person's dumb, but just 
doesn't have the knowledge. Don't assume that you know the context. Don't guess at the context. Ask the questions. Let them know why you need to know the context behind it. And and honestly, my big challenge is find new ways for both sides, industry and government. Find new ways to give the other side context. Yeah, stop talking past each other. Communicate. Okay, I think that's enough context on context. (laughs) We started this by saying thanks for an iTunes review. Just want to say the greatest compliment is reviews like that, letting other people know about the podcast. If you you learn something from the podcast, it's great if you let someone else know so they can learn too. Every time we see a review like that, it, it makes us worth doing. Yep, and, and we're giving away this information for free, so please help other people that it will help find it. And as always, if you need help in the government market, you know where to find us, skywayacquisition.com, and we help you know more, do more, and win more in this market. And we'd love to hear from you. All right, Kevin, I'll talk to you later. See you, Paul. All right, that's it for another episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. As always... If you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye.